Hello, everyone, and welcome to Right Brain. My name is Jeff Dubois. I'm one of your hosts, and with me is my good friend, probably turkey-filled, Paul Inman. Paul, how are you doing? I am great, and I am not any longer turkey-filled because Thanksgiving was several days ago now, um, and uh, it was great. It was a great Thanksgiving, and I had to send you a message and said, hey, we can't record because it's Thanksgiving here in America, and you're like, American Thanksgiving, who does it so late? To be honest, like if if I if I pull back, like I absolutely adore giving all of my American friends um, a lot of pain and suffering when it comes to the differences between our two countries. I love I love uh, making jokes about how America still uses what I like to call farmer degrees uh, when measuring temperature, while we here in Canada use science degrees because <laughs> they make funny. sense. Um, there's a lot of things I like to make fun of uh, of America. That way, and I do make fun of the Thanksgiving thing. Like I, you guys have Thanksgiving late, etc. Et but your Thanksgiving actually makes more sense, and I would prefer our Thanksgiving be in November because November in Canada is a desolate wasteland of nothing. <laughs> We have well, no holidays in November at all. Yes, yeah, so you would. You're just looking for that extra day off of work, right? Not day off. I'm. <laughs> Look, you know me, Paul. What do I do when I'm not at my day job? You're writing, writing, or doing something. I'm like work is work is how I make sense of the world around me. So right. it's not about getting a day off work as much as just having good excuse to eat food and have something to look forward to. And There just, it is. Just have this milestone somewhere in the month. Well, you know what? Uh, I did have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for asking. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it implied. Was a, yeah, I know. Subtext. It, it was great. And then I went out and I did the American thing where we give thanks and for everything we have, and then immediately are like, "I need more." So I went out and I shopped. You know. Well, so. you need to appease the gods of capitalism. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So it's been it's been a good couple of days for me and. Uh, I'm glad that we are back together again I've for another you. episode. I, I have missed you as well. Um, and in the interim, um, I worked on my author page a little bit. Uh, did you get a chance to look at it? Did you get a chance to check it out? I don't know if you did, but... No, um, no. It, I've Paul, I've been so busy with this editing. Yes, so I hear, so I hear. In the pre-show, we talked briefly about it, and you are still editing, my friend. Still editing. And you told me something very interesting, that every time that you... Um, diverge from the story. You create a brand new um, edit, right? Well, for for major a brand new file, yeah. For anything that's really like heavy on the structure, is, is something that changes the, the the structure dramatically enough. I because I don't like. Let's say I have to remove, say, a character's point of view. Right. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent a bit, but every time I have to remove a character's point of view, I I am as a graphic designer, I've been used very very early in my career. Never destroy anything. You never delete a version because clients have this thing where they'll have you say, "Oh, can you change this?" You change it, you present it to them, and they go, "Now nah, I liked it before better previously." Or I right. liked the version you showed me a month and a half ago. Well, if you've destroyed that version, that means you need to recreate it from scratch. And usually that's very hard to do it perfectly. There will be some differences. It's a lot easier right. to just open an older file. Right. So, and so go ahead. No, but was, it's basically the same thing when it comes to writing. It's like this ingrained habit. Like if someone says, hey, can you remove, uh, can you remove this, 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 the point of view from this character? Well, 
before I do that, I copy, I make a copy. And Storius, the software I use for that, is very good because I can just duplicate the entire draft, creates a new draft in the same master file, if you will. And I work off of the new file, the, the new draft. And I am at draft seven, and I'm really hoping this is the last one because I say, we've talked about this before where art, like a good analogy for most art, if you, you can boil it down to sculpting, there's always, when you're creating something, when you're trying to refine and perfect and correct errors in a piece of art, there is a point of diminishing returns where you stop improving and you either spin your wheels or at worst, you start actually deteriorating the piece. And I feel that in the editing process, we are very much nearing that point. You know what? We're, we're going to call that the Star Wars effect. Yes. The Star Wars effect. So a, um, you don't want to get the Star Wars effect. Because no. then everyone hates you, right, George Lucas? No, I'm just kidding. Poor um, George. Actually, there there are some good changes in the in the uh, original trilogy. Some good changes, some bad changes. But you know, I, I agree with what you're saying, JF. Especially about the part where you keep everything. Like I keep everything, and I have everything from from Ageless that I did, where mm -hmm. I I did similar things where I was like, okay, I've got to get rid of this entire section, so let me just start a whole new draft and. And uh, I got to rewrite that big chunk and all that stuff. So I got two or three myself. Actually, I probably have five, probably five, maybe, maybe, maybe six. I can't remember. Well, definitely six because one of them turned into a short story that I gave away. So definitely six different versions. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess that kind of, sort of, almost segues into our topic this week. But before we actually even talk about our topic, really quick, if you are a part of Inkshares um, and you have not checked out the list, I just want to take one second and say, go check out the list, which is a brand new contest, which is for books that didn't quite reach full funding in 2016. It's kind of like a second chance. So go over there and check those books out. A lot of them are really great. Pick some of them up if you want. And uh, yeah, support those so those uh, authors um, and you know help make their their dreams a reality, just like mine has been made into a re reality, and JF's is being made into has been and is continuing to be made into reality. In draft number seven, eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> no, no, I've may, there may be a draft date, but after the, the thing is, we have a December nineteenth deadline, so eventually it needs to stop. Just by force of it has to, it, it has, has to. to, right? Yeah. Which, and here's the funny thing: like, if I were to like right now. All the building materials are everywhere. There's dust and like paint chips and like mm -hmm. it's it, the place is a mess. But if I were to just clean up without moving any walls anymore, it's good. It's going to be a good book. Like I don't need. I don't feel that we. I need to really like do anything major anything anymore like anything that we do from now to the 19th is cleaning up and whatever little bits that needs to be done and if if there's any major thing we'll see but i'm i'm not uncomfortable on the 19th turning in whatever we have at that point because i i know from reading it over and over and over again that what we have is pretty good well, don't sell it too hard, JF. It better be good because I have three copies coming my way, okay? You'll and just... only one of them is going to be a doorstop. The other two I'm going to have to do something with. Um. Well, you're a short guy. You can use them to boost yourself up when there you're at the you table. Haha. <laughs> you know, before we met, we were fine. We were the same height on, on the computer screen here. God. 
Oh, dragon. It's always got to be about my height. <laughs> um, just before, I just want to close the subject. I don't want to talk. I don't talk about my editing anymore. But the one thing okay. that has come out um, recently, and I posted about it on my Facebook page, is the um, the whole idea that I have gone through so many revisions, and this goes for like don't I, I, like you asked me the question, and the reflex is to think, oh my god, they're bastardizing your story, and that's not the case. But what I realized is that I had moved long before I started this editing process. Um, but I have moved so far away from the original concept because I was looking at some of my old files and some of my old drafts from even before uh, before I put in I, I put this on InkShares, and I looked at my initial logline for the story and I realized this is no longer what I wrote, and these are iterations that I made myself. Either like things I did, wasn't comfortable writing because I didn't know enough about, didn't have the skill for it, or just like the story went in different directions, but. I've moved so far away from that initial story that I looked at that initial concept, that first idea that I typed in before I started doing my outline for God in the Shed, and I realized I can put this idea back into my idea book and write it again later as a completely different story. And that makes me so happy. <laughs> and you were telling me that it could even become like a companion piece or, or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. It could be it could be like one of the things that limited it is that originally this was supposed to be sort of a historical paranormal fantasy thing. And okay. I the, the amount of research was intimidating and I felt eh, I don't need to make it historical, but now I'm looking back at it again and if I do make it historical, it can be a completely different story. It's like there's it can be like a prequel. I can I can have my own prequel with my own swamp creature. Nice. That speaks with the Jamaican accent. No, I'm going to try to make it good. <laughs> That's great. So, so with all that said, we're closing the book on the editing for, yes. for this episode anyway. We'll see what happens next week. <laughs> we'll talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and um, let's uh, move into our topic this week. With NaNoWriMo ending next week, um, uh, we wanted to maybe discuss how you could maybe continue writing and if you have hit any roadblocks or anything like that, maybe how you can work yourself out of that. I mean, I, I kind of that's that's the basics of the of this week, right, Jeff? All right, so we're going to talk about good writing habits. Basically, the thing that seems to be the breaking point. We have a lot of people in Nanorimo. We're in late stages. People are dropping off like flies. They've written a few hundred, few thousand words, and they can't take it anymore. Right. So, writing habits, Paul. <laughs> You seem to have good writing habits. I, I don't. I absolutely do not have oh, good writing habits. Oh, is this an intervention? This is an intervention. I, I feel like the last few episodes have been an intervention for me. So uh, I don't have good writing habits, but I'm one of these people who fall into this category of like, I just don't have tons of time. And when I do find a few minutes um, that I can write, I try to, but I don't always succeed because I'm like... Well, let's talk, like like what you were saying earlier uh, before we start recording that you've just been nonstop editing and editing and editing. So you get to a point where you're like, I want to not do this for a few minutes. And then that few minutes turns into like 45 minutes and then you're falling asleep on the couch or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what happens to me because I've got so much going on in the outside world outside of writing because as a, as a teacher and especially a, a chorus teacher, a music teacher, um, the, the months of... Uh, November and December are very, very, very busy. Like, if I pulled up my calendar where you could see it, Jeff, you'd see that every single day from from Monday until, like, December 16th or 17th, I, I just have something every day that is going on, like, nonstop. And uh, 
and it's just busy and I, and that's kind of a kind of a cop out but it is what it is i mean so I, I can't make more time happen that's that's my biggest thing but with that said i did get some good advice from brian guthrie who was on our show a few episodes back if you want to go back and listen um he gave me some good advice he said just try to put 100 words down a day because normally 100 words turns into at least four or 500 words right but that wasn't his advice his advice was 100 words if you can hit 100 words and if for those of you that write um 100 words is nothing like it's like a paragraph maybe or something you know um or even a couple of long sentences. If you can do 100 words every day, then you're at least doing something, and you're getting your idea moving. Yeah, um, if you're Balzac, it's describing a chair leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. A very, very descriptive chair leg. Mm. <laughs> okay, maybe it's the beginning of a description of a chair leg. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, it's okay. Um, I was just going to say, like, I, I totally agree with what with what he's saying. If you could find... 10 or 15 minutes to just write 100 words, then, you know, usually that gets the juices flowing and it gets you in this mindset of where, okay, I've got to make the time happen, you know? Right. Um, Which is tough, especially if you've got, like for all of us, I would say that uh, right now, I don't know of anyone else, but this is all our second second job, if you want to call it that, you know? Um, so it's, it's really difficult to find a lot of time. Um, but it, but... It is worthwhile, and I'm really looking forward to late December when school is out for a week or two, and I have plenty of time then I can write, and I will be writing because the goal is to get done with that first workable draft of Timeless by December 31st, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, JF, with that said, my writing habits are clearly not the same as yours. <laughs> what, what is it that you do? Well, step one, you mentioned something about like wasting time on a couch. Don't own a couch. I don't own a a couch. I don't have room for a couch. I decided not to have a living room, and instead I have a studio that doesn't have a couch. This is not a good resting area. I cannot relax here. And that's where you are right now. That's where I am right now. That's where I spend the bulk of my time. All right. um, Kidding aside, though, the one of the things that... Take a lot of this with a grain of salt. This is what I do with my life. But I am an extremely lonely and paranoid hermit that doesn't interact much with the outside world. So this may not, like the moment you have significant others, children, friends, a lot of this can become more difficult. But here's here's where I go. So... The thing is, a lot of people approach NaNoWriMo as this once in once a year or twice in a year if you do Camp NaNoWriMo in the summer, maybe even thrice. There are two Camp NaNoWriMo's in the summer. As this time of the year where they pick up a challenge. And sure enough, this is how I approach NaNoWriMo for the first few times. This is my time of the year where I write and it's my challenge and I do this once, twice, or three times a year. The thing about NaNoWriMo, this, there's this little bit of sort of pop science that says that if you can do something for three weeks, it becomes a habit. And in a certain way, NaNoWriMo is a bit the same thing. If you can, instead of doing, because I do NaNoWriMo very much like a series of parties, like I go to write-ins and I go to events, not so much these days because I need to edit more. But if you approach NaNoWriMo more as a habit-setting event and less as just this one-month party, and maybe you even forget the word count. NaNoWriMo is not no longer 50,000 words for you. NaNoWriMo is about getting into the writing habit. And you decide that every day of the week, rain or shine, 
family dinners or not, you will always take an hour out of that day and write. You will write a minimum of minimum of one hour, minimum of a hundred words. So whichever comes last, basically. <laughs> so if you if you spend an hour and only write fifty words, keep writing until you get to hundred words. If you uh, if you write hundred words in fifteen minutes, keep going until your hour is done. But schedule that one hour every day to write you won't make like most people won't make 1600 words which is normally the average you're supposed to keep for nanorimo you won't make 1600 words in an hour but if you do this for a month for the entire duration of nanorimo you won't you'll have maybe 30,000 words but you will have a habit this does this isn't no this is will no longer be this thing that you do once in a while this now becomes a thing that you do it becomes part of your life and it's 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 something that you schedule. You say, okay, well, I don't know, an hour before going to bed or right after dinner or while dinner is cooking, I sit down and this is my hour to write. Whatever fits your schedule. And of course, like for people that have seasonal work like you, Paul, it might be a bit difficult. It might be a bit more complicated, but it's still something that you can probably do. And of course, you can't oh, beat yourself can. up if you skip a day. But at the same time, you, skipping a day is not an excuse to skip the next day. It's not like, mm -hmm. oh, I skipped one. It's a disaster. I can give up now. But <laughs> the thing is, after doing this for a while, like I have, um, because I don't have a social life, but after you've done this for a while, it becomes easy to skip a week to do something else. Like, oh, I'm busy or I'm going on vacation. But then when you come back to it, because it's a habit and not an obligation anymore, you slip back into it very easily to the point where when you're not doing it for a while, you kind of miss it. And if you're a writer, having a habit of doing something you like, I assume if you're a writer, you like writing, right? No one's got a gun to your head. Like, there's no obligation. Um, right. It should be pretty easy to slump back into the habit of doing that thing that you love for a measly hour every day. Most people spend more time playing Skyrim than that. Yep, I've never played that. Um, I've watched someone play it. It looks fun. So <laughs> that's like the, the first difference. And this is the basis of what Brian's telling you to do. Because like, basically oh, he's, he's feeding on, he, he's playing on your, uh, on, on forming this habit and then letting the, 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 the addictive nature of wanting to create take over. Like, yeah, you're going to start with 100 words a day. You're going to do that for what? Two months, and then it's going to be 200 words a day. And then you're going to step out to big crack at 500 words a day. And eventually you're just doing 1,000 words a day consistently. Right. Because it's you know, like a freaking I, drug. Okay. Uh, I, I agree that like he's – the idea of sitting down and just doing it every day is the best way to make it part of your routine. And once it is part of your routine, then, you know, it, it, it just is something, like you said, it's easy to slip back into when you miss a day or two or whatever, or a week if you go on vacation or whatever. Um, for many people, I don't know. I, I would say that you're an outlier – JF at least at least somewhat of an outlier because you started this whole thing off with uh you started this whole thing off with um I can't remember how you put it but you're a hermit and you are a recluse right um I would say that that's a little bit more of an outlier most people who have like a day job and uh most I have a day job 
Uh, there's more. There's more. Day, okay. day job and um, have extended their family beyond themselves um, and maybe a wife and child or children. Uh, so most people, uh, even in the pe- the writers that I know, most of them, uh, maybe not most of them, but I'd say more than half of them um, are in a situation that is not like yours, but is more like mine. So it is hard to find time. But again, it's it's something that if you want to do it, you'll make it work. It's like if I wanted to be thinner, I would go to the gym and eat better. And uh, if I didn't want to be thinner, then I would not. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And that's the thing, right? It's There's, there's this whole joke like, oh, I don't have the time. Oh, but make the time. Fine. Right. I'm... I'm here to tell you that that does not always work. Like at some point you can no longer make time because time is a limited resource that you cannot create any of. However, usually there's a bit of flexibility. If you, a, a good trick is um, if you're trying to find time to do something, here's what you can do. Don't, don't do the thing yet. Just spend a week or two doing what you do normally. The only difference is start a start a spreadsheet on your phone or keep a notepad with you at all times. And whenever you start an activity, write it down. 8.30, start work. 5 p.m., stop work. Uh, noon, lunch hour. Eating until 12.15. You know, doing nothing for another 45 minutes while in the office. Just keep a track of everything you do from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. Then after a week or two of doing that, look at that list. Look at that schedule of past events. You can even do it for a week. So you have weekends in there. Look at it and tell yourself what in those days, which portion of time am I doing something where I would rather be writing instead that I can replace that by writing. So if you have two hours of video games and one, like two out of five evenings during the work week, you can probably chop that to an hour of video game and replace it with an hour of video game and an hour of writing. Basically, and this is something that actually works for dieting too, is, and it's, it's, it's the whole concept of motivation between discipline, but whatever. To boil it down, before you make changes to your lifestyle, which is what we're suggesting people do to have basically seven hours a week where they just write, it's a huge chunk of time, don't get me wrong. But before you make a huge life change, you need to understand how your life works. Like the first thing, before you start you know, modifying an engine, you need to take it apart and understand how it works before you put it back together and then change it. It's the same thing with your life, except it's a more complex engine. Right. There is no, um, to continue on with the, uh, the food analogy, there is no... Um there is no 21 day fix or, or, well, that's actually not a great example because that is actually coaching you into a lifestyle change. Um, there's no, uh, you know, quick, quick diet, like an Adkins diet or something silly where you, as soon as you change your habits back to what they were, you, you don't lose any weight. It can also, um, you can also make the point that it's a lot like creating a budget. Like if you're trying to, um, manage your money, manage your money well or something, you have to know where it's going. So, um, you know, you, uh, well, I'll just use my own life as an example here. Um, in the recent past, you know, within the last six months, my wife and I have really been like, let's really figure out what our, um, our spending habits are. And so we just, uh, we just pulled out our, um, bank 
our bank account, pulled up our bank accounts, you know, because we use debit card most of the time. And uh, we just figured out, okay, so here's where money's being wasted. Here's where money's being wasted more, more, more. And then when you get down to it, you start looking at it and then you go from like five bucks here, five bucks there to like hundreds of dollars per month that is just going toward things that you either A, don't need or B, don't really want. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like the same thing as far as your time is concerned. If you uh, evaluate what you're spending your time doing, then you will have more time. And, you know, I'm really hypocritical here because I know exactly where I need to be writing and when I need to be writing, but I just haven't. And there may be an underlying issue, JF, and you know what that issue might be? No, tell me more. I could be blocked, my friend. I don't think that I am because I kind of have an idea of what my story is. I think more than being blocked, I might be, I might need to spend more time in the planning stages rather than just trying to say, here is a concept, and here's another concept, I can just bridge it together in my mind. You know, maybe I need to plan better. Maybe I'm not truly blocked. So, I, well, I mean, here's, here's the thing. I, last week, we interviewed Andrew Main. It was a great interview. I had a lot of fun. I love Andrew. He's a great guy. And he mentioned mm-hmm. that he has a, a book out that's easily to obtain for free or for cheap called right. The Cure for Writer's Block. Um, I personally don't believe in writer's block. I, there's already a long list. I haven't read Andrew's book because I don't need it personally, but also because I already know a bunch of tricks. Because that's the thing, like when when you go to design school and art school, um, especially when you become a graphic designer, clients and employers have a very low tolerance threshold to a paid employee just sitting there and saying, no, I have a, I have a writer's block or the equivalent for artists. Right. If if I'm asked to design a logo, um, I'm expected to design a logo, not just sit on it and go, eh, I'm not inspired today. That doesn't fly. It's and but fortunately, there's a long list of different tricks on how, and we can have a whole episode about this, but writer's block is something that can be defeated, and it's usually not that hard. Assuming, and this is the key point, assuming you actually want to get past it. That is usually the first and biggest problem when someone has writer's block is deciding, do you have writer's block because you don't have ideas or do you have writer's block because you don't want to write? Right. And you know what? That is a whole discussion on its own. Yeah. And that's, it's difficult. And then, you know, sometimes it's hard to even know like yourself. Oh no, like, I'm, I'm not saying this as as, as finger uh, fing, finger point painting painting pointing. Like this isn't <laughs> really this isn't blame stuff this now. isn't blame shifting here. Is this oh, is, no, it is very difficult when you're trying to get started on something to decide like is this just because I don't want to do it or is this because I'm having trouble finding the inspiration? Right. Well, that's what I was. That's what kind of what I was getting at. Like I, I'm. I think that more planning would help me get past whatever it is that I'm going on with. And the problem that I have is, again, with the time thing, I feel like I don't have time to sit down and just plan. Just plan here, I need this, I got to do this, and where can this go to there, and how can that connect to this, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I need to do that, and I just need to suck it up and just make myself do it. And that's where I'm at right now, because I have the, the bare bones and that's kind of what I did with Ageless. I had the bare bones, and I was and I was like, "All right, we'll just figure it out as we go along," which is kind of what I did. But I figured it out one one piece at a time. Like instead mm-hmm. of having, and here's a good good idea: instead of having the uh, the box that shows me the final product of the puzzle, you know, I was just trying to figure out what the shapes were that go together. And uh, I think that may have um, resulted in a unique 
story with Ageless. And by unique, I mean one that can be considered a little bit difficult to follow. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not um, blind to the faults, um, but I don't want that to happen again. So I think that maybe I just need to suck it up and, and put the work in. And that's what it comes down to as far as, as, as Timeless is concerned. With that said, you know, I've got some stuff for it. I mean, I didn't spend NaNoWriMo writing every day, but I did write some um, uh, at least a couple times a week, you know. So I've got, I've got words and I've got paragraphs and things, you know. <laughs> that's a start. Exactly. That's the thing, like planning, whether you're planning or a pantser, knowing, having an idea of what your your idea is. Like, if, if you're a plotter, obviously you need to include plotting into and pre- preparation into your writing habits. If we're going to go back to our core subject, right? The, 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 the whole idea of being able like to set aside time to do your proper planning needs to be part of your writing habits. Right. And part of that, like for, for me, which is an expression I hate, but okay. For me, um, one of the things that's important is once in a while, when I'm done with a draft or even sometimes halfway through the draft, I like to read what I've read so far and sort of keep a checklist of the information from my planning that I have gone through and what I haven't gone through to make sure that I am, um, cause you you know as well as I do, and everybody listening to to this probably also also knows. No writing pro- planning uh, survives actually putting words to the page. Like things right. change, things modify and get adapted, and and it's it's a fluid process. But you still need like one of the things I hate. One of the things that happened to me in the first few books I wrote is I would get to my last act. I would like get to the end of Act Three and realize I missing information or the information that I needed to have is in the wrong place. And this is where I developed this habit of always going back and going, okay, well, today I'm not going to write. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to read what I've got so far and compare it to the plan and adjust the plan. Uh, Which is great because you're right. Like uh, it organically shifts and grows and, you know, it is fluid. Uh, and that's one thing I really like, and that's why I think that I, I didn't want... I, I kind of put planning, full-out planning to the side, because, you know, you got to have some kind of plan. You've got to. I mean, you can't just walk... Uh, you just can't just sit down and just start typing. I mean, I guess you could, but would it be any good? I don't know, you know? Um, it depends on I can't. Writer. Yeah, I'm going to say I, I can't. I, I don't know if I can't, but I won't. Because I enjoy yeah. the planning too much. Yeah. And so I I like to plan because I like to know what's going to happen. But I try to leave it vague enough where I can let it be organic too. That's why oh, yeah. I think I'm a little bit of both. And I think I need more planning on this particular book. That's what I was, that's what I was getting at um, for Timeless. I need more planning, me personally. Um, which is weird for me because I didn't need so much planning with, with Ageless. So I feel like that... Uh, that's where I'm going to be at for a while. Instead of maybe writing, I'm just going to actually formulate a, an actual uh, a plan and put together um, uh, a structure that at least works for the first draft. You know, so. so you want to talk about some other tricks on uh, on good uh, good writing habits? I have some reasonable ones and some that it. will sound like Harry Potter level magic. Okay, uh, I'm I'm into magic. <laughs> oh, it's but it's real magic. It works. Trust me. Uh, good. So, okay. I want um, it. Okay. There, there's a couple of really easy things like low hanging fruits as far as good good writing habits. Um, 
one of the things like we were talking about having like setting aside this one hour a day or one period of time a day, it's always good to um, to put this before a reward, if you will. Um, You can do this two ways. You can have the writing be a reward, which is a way to go. Like if you're someone who's really addicted to it, like I am having writing be a reward, like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. But when I come back, I'm going to have an entire hour where my body is completely gone. But my mind, like I've had an hour on the treadmill to think of ideas like I'm gunning to write. I can use the writing as my sort of relaxation after going to the gym because I'm in that mindset. Or if you're someone who is fueled by food, again, I'm a good example. (laughs) I would write before dinner so that my reward is having delicious, delicious sandwiches or whatever. So I'm not going to eat until I am done with my writing. And only then will I have my food. And you can sort of like basically just like if I look at my if I had the time and I had a gym subscription, maybe that this is how I would build my evenings. I'm not doing this currently because... I'm fat. Um, But (laughs) basically just having go to the gym, reward yourself with writing, and then reward yourself for having written by then having dinner. All ways of doing this. Um, Sure, I sort of suspect Jameson Stone is going to come back and say, well, actually, you should eat at these at these times to get like the best benefits from your workout. (laughs) That sounds reasonable. Whatever, Stone. (laughs) You, You keep knowing about health, jerk. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm kidding. Kidding aside, no, I'm, I'm making this joke because Jameson is like super fit. So, um, so there, there's ways of sort of tricking yourself and like the, the whole like reward system, having a reward system for how you handle. And this is completely based on your own personality. Um, if you're some guy, if, if you're a guy who just freaking loves video games, giving yourself a rule, like I will not write until I have, I will not play video games until I have written my, what I'm supposed, like what I'm scheduled to for the day. Then maybe it means you won't play video games that day because you're having trouble fitting in your writing and getting to your word count. But maybe that'll convince you to be more efficient next time. I don't know. Um, but it all depends on how you want to prioritize. But using a reward system will encourage you to actually get down and do it. Unless you're weak-willed and you just reward yourself for doing nothing. That's a whole different story, though. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, again, like that's the, that's the debate between motivation and discipline. Like, am, am I motivated to do it, or am I disciplined enough to do it? Right. Um, again, that's it's entirely a whole discussion in of itself. So, uh, more esoteric, um, more magical thinking type things. Here's a couple of fun ways that you can actually trick your brain. Um, there are certain things that. You, one of the things that we think about writing is that it's a very like there's not many senses involved. I mean, you're typing and you're looking at your words to read them and you're thinking. And to us, like this is um, this is it. But we're super wrong. I'll give you a very good example. Um, th- let's start with you, Paul. I mean, you're a guy okay. that's into music. What do you listen to when you write? I actually do not listen to music when I write, and here's the reason why. And I and I know I've I know I've said this on the show because I get so distracted by the music because I like music so much. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of put it in terms of this since we're storytellers. Um, if you go to a movie or watch a television show and the storytelling um, 
sometimes it can pull you out of the actual movie, like, you know, and distract you because you're like, huh, that's an interesting concept to be throwing in right here in this act of the story and this and that and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I get too distracted by music, so. Um, but I have listened to music before. Usually I have to listen to something without any lyrics. So I'll put on, like, classical music, which is weird. Uh, it really is weird, honestly, for me. Because I don't... I, don't, I, I appreciate classical music but it's not something i would think that you know i get in my car and i drive somewhere and i listen to classical music that's not who i am but when i'm writing that no you're helps me you're a you're an icp fan you're like a, a juggalo. Oh, here we go here we go let's just move on <laughs> i've so, seen um, photos man <laughs> yeah well they're they're fakes they're photoshop <laughs> very good photoshop <laughs> but fine. no that's fine my my point is is like the lyrics will end up distracting me, um, so I have to list something without lyrics. I mean, it could be anything, but classical is usually just easiest, you know? Could be any style, but... Well, actually, here's the thing. The, where I'm going with this is the idea of ritual, and right. there, there's a lot behind that. This is where it ties into magic. And in your case, I could even give you a recommendation. You're talk, you talked a bit about movie, and you're talking about music that doesn't have any lyrics, so it doesn't distract you. Have you ever considered building, and this is something I do, and I listen to a lot of movie music, just picking music from different movies to build yourself a playlist that has the mood or moods, maybe multiple playlists, that you can have playing in the background while you're writing the specific book. Like basically customize yourself, make that part of your plotting. Yes, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I totally do, because when I'm making um, a visual in the visual medium, when I'm doing like a video or something like that, one of the first things I do is like, what do I want this to feel like? And I go to music to get that feeling. So, I mean, it's the same. It's definitely the same exact idea. I don't know why I just don't do it when I write, because like, I think that it gets distracting. It just distracts me. Because here's the thing, and me, the thing is, you're a, you're a, technician like you need you're, you're you're an engineer and an artist like you know music in a way that i don't like there's a reason why i don't want to learn music because i don't want to get to the point where i start dissecting it like i do everything else i learn right about. and that's exactly what happens it's a, that's the perfect way to say it it gets dissected so, that's what i mean by being distracted right so maybe it doesn't work for you but the reason and this goes back this goes back to the idea of ritual is I will personally, I will create playlists and choose certain types of music depending on what I'm working on. And I will, I will play that music when I'm on a walk thinking about what I want to do for my story. I will play that music when I'm writing. I will play that music all the time whenever I'm doing anything where I'm plotting because here's the thing. If I do this for a long enough period of time and then I get home one evening and I sit down and I'm going to write and I am not in mood, I'm too tired, I don't feel like I have any idea, et cetera, et cetera. And then I start the music. I have trained my brain to interpret that music as this is what happens when you do this. It is I've created a ritual where my brain will switch into writing that story when I hear that, that soundtrack. And this goes for everything. One of the senses that we have, which is tied the most strongly to memory, and memory is important when you're trying to create ritual, because ritual is all about repetition, right. is the sense of smell. So a dumb trick before you start writing a writing project, and this is where it sounds like freaking magic, <laughs> go to the candle aisle of your supermarket and buy a scented candle. Good Every call. time you sit down to write, from the moment you plot to whenever, 
light your stupid scented candle. At first, it'll just be a smell. After a month, it'll be a trigger. And you're going to smell the chamomile, lavender, or vanilla, or whatever's in season. And it's going to help put you not in the mood, but in the mindset necessary to write. And it goes for everything. So these are tricks that you can use. And it sounds like, oh, here's ways to improve your writing. Maybe you should read more about writing. No, buy scented candles. Yeah, listen to music. <laughs> no, but it's basically, so maybe some of these things might not work for you. But the idea is boil it down to who you are as a person, what your personality is, and build these rituals for yourself. Like if you're trying to form habits, good writing habits, repetition is one thing, but repetition in your in your environment or the environment that you're working in. This is why I like going to the same coffee shop over and over and over again during NaNoWriMo, because I will always get the same smells, the same sounds, the same visuals. Basically, I am creating that ritual for myself. Also, it allows me to walk to the to, to the coffee shop listening to the music I've selected to sort of prepare my mind and brainstorm and think about what I'm going to be writing so the moment I get there I order my freaking pumpkin spice latte or whatever sit my ass down and my mind is already at the point where I need like I've been preparing to write for about an hour on the way there when I open my laptop I'm typing immediately and this right. is one of the ways I don't get writer's block because I've done all the procrastinating on the way there by creating this environment in my head. And the moment I walk into the coffee shop, this, this, the smells hit me, the, the, the environment hit me, the ritual, you know, the magic of the ritual takes effect and mm -hmm. I am writing. And it's basically to create these things for yourself as a writer. And it sounds so stupid when you say it like that, but <laughs> it's, it's one of the little things that you add on top of proper planning and proper scheduling and proper everything, you just add that to, like none of these tricks is gonna work alone. Like you just need to do sort of everything. And that's how so, you build the good writing habits, I guess. I mean, it's not like I'm an expert. So in summary, get yourself in the mood. Yes, <laughs> it's just like sex. <laughs> it always goes back to that, doesn't it, JF? No, to me it always goes back to food. Oh, well. Okay. But you said mood, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, a lot of food is, you know, euphemism can be... Anyway, so I think that's going to wrap it up for <laughs> us for this week. the mind of Paul Illman. <laughs> no, uh, in... no, no, no. Nope, that's not where my mind is most All of right, the time. so you were saying this is going to wrap it up for this, this week? This is going to wrap us up for this week, JF. Um, where... Well, no, I'll go first, because I want to go first, because I'm greedy. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, if you'd like to follow me and see if I ever tweet about anything that we talk about on this show, especially uh, things that are inappropriate that I shouldn't be talking about, which I do not do. And um, I'm, I've derailed. So here's my Twitter, at Paul Inman, S-C-P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C. -S and you can go to my website, paulinmansc.com, or you can find me on um, author page at authorpage.com slash uh, Paul Inman, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N. And uh, yeah, I'm also have an Instagram, Paul Inman SC, and come over there and see the pictures of things that I post if you want. And if you don't want, that's okay too. JF, you're also on the internet and doing stuff, right? Oh, wait, wait, there's one other thing. Big plug, big plug, JF. Ageless, 50% off for the holidays from Inkshares. So go to inkshares.com and search Ageless and get your physical 
uh, physical copy of the book for half price and buy two or three or four or five or ten and give them away to everybody. Do mm-hmm. it. Books are great stocking stuffers. They are. I, I'd like to point out if you go to InkShares and you search for The Life Engineered, my uh, my little book about robots is also 50% off. So why don't you buy a couple of copies of Paul's book, a couple of copies of uh, Life Engineered, and uh, just spread the joy. They're both sci-fi. They're both good. Um, great. They're both great. Yeah. I really enjoy The Life Engineered, and I can't wait for the sequel. I can't, can't wait. wait for the sequel either, but I need to finish this book first. <laughs> God in the Shed is one of my favorite things in the world, but I am kind of sick of seeing it now. Oh, it yeah. Needs, it needs to be in other people's hands. I need to have other people read it and tell me how much it, it sucks or not. People can find me on the internet, yes. They can find me on my website. That's jfdubo.com slash books. If you go to jfdubo.com slash books uh, on my website, you will also find a little a place where you can sign up for my newsletter. I am bringing this up for an important reason. Two, actually. Mr. Andrew Maine from last week reminded me that I should put pay more attention to my newsletter. But also, I've decided that I'm going to start putting, uh, giving out away some freebies, like some free short stories and some some hints, and just basically be more active with my newsletter. But for that to be any fun, I want to have people actually on my newsletter email list. So just go sign up. It's uh, it'll take you two seconds. Just enter your your email and trust me, it's, I don't spam. I'm not gonna send you a bunch of dumb stuff. This is it's usually so I can send like just you know free short stories or just keep people informed as to some of the dumb stuff I'm doing. You can also find me on Twitter at JF Dubo. That's J F D U B E A U. This and w- here's one thing I would like everybody to follow me on Twitter. And uh, and then send me your uh, tweet me or tweet our our uh, our account for Right Brain what your tricks are to have what are your uh, good writing habit tricks. Yeah, um, and you know what? That actually reminds me. Um, the Right Brain Twitter is at Right Brain underscore, and uh, we did a poll last week about what our well when Andrew May was here he asked. A, spe- a really poignant question. He said, have you ever asked your listeners how long do you want the show to be? So um, we posted a poll, and out of the voting results, between 30 and 45 minutes seems to be the the uh, winner there. Now, we didn't have tons and tons of votes, but we had a good a good, a good good amount of votes. And uh, yeah, so we're going to try to stick to that and um, uh, follow us on Right Brain if you're not. And I'll be posting uh, more, po- more polls and fun stuff. And uh, if you go to, one last thing, um, if you go to my author page, there actually is an uh, email list, sign up on my author page. So, like JF, please sign up for mine, and uh, I'll send out some some free stuff, too, occasionally. Uh, short stories and just random thoughts and blah, 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 right? So, JF, this brings us to the end of another, yet another wonderful episode Yep, next week, I don't know what we'll be discussing, but in two weeks, we have a special guest, and I'm super looking forward to that. Yep, so um, definitely uh, come back for more, right? Actually, next week, we might have a guest, too. Ah, mysteries. See you guys next week.